Hello everyone, welcome to episode 912 of Cold Wave Soundcheck. I'm Aaron Pollock. Cold Waves has returned for 2021 in Chicago, kicking off Thursday, September 23rd and running through Sunday the 26th at Metro, Smart Bar, and G-Man. Cold Waves is a celebration of Chicago's relationship with industrial music, the memory of a fallen brother, and a fundraiser for suicide prevention charities. For more information, including the full lineup and ticket links, head to coldwaves.net. This week, we're chatting with Saturday Metro headliner Jean-Luc Demeyer. This is Front 242.
Thank you. Obviously, you, your your tour got canceled with with COVID last year. Just take me through the past 15, 16 months, how, you know, COVID affected you, you know, both personally and professionally for the band. Because the inspiration of the band comes obviously from the interaction of people in the society in general. When the lockdown started, we were sort of confident that we had to stay aside. Uh, we could not see each other as often as before. And first we thought, well, it might be uh, inspirational at some point, but it wasn't at all. We were a bit, uh, all a bit disappointed because we had worked quite hard in 2019 to prepare a complete new show. And then we could only play it once in March uh, 2020 before the lockdown started. And I must say, none of us was very creative in the meantime. I think I, I, I wrote maybe two or three songs, which is a much, a much um, slower pace than usual. And I think Richard and Patrick also didn't, well, they didn't have many ideas. All of us, we worked on other things, in fact. Uh, I get interested in many other things that have nothing to do with music. I hope that at some point, I can bring this new, uh, these new ideas and concepts and, and whatever, I can bring that uh, back to the music, but I'm, I'm not sure at all. We are anyway very excited to be on the road again and to, and to be able to play our show, obviously. Yeah, I noticed that with the canceled tours, I saw there were some older live performances that were put up by Alpha Matrix, including the 1991 USA Tyranny for You tour, which, you know, that that sounds really great. It's not easy to find really good sound recordings from that long ago. Who was able to, to track down those audio sources and, and put that together so people could have something to listen to in the meantime? At that time, and for a long period, we recorded everything that we did not systematically every evening, but very often we recorded uh, our sounds live and Daniel, Daniel kept that. And uh, so it was not too difficult to rework it because the recordings of the source were quite good. They were made directly at the mixing desk and uh, they were of quite good quality. I have a fan question here from Jason Miles. He wants to know about the this new set list that you're working for for the upcoming tour. He was hoping for maybe some older tracks that we haven't heard in a while. Is there anything that, that you could say about that? Yes, we have we have old tracks indeed um, that we haven't played for a long time. And we have new tracks also um, that have never been released on, on any album. And we have, regarding new tracks, we have we have more that are going to be introduced uh, slowly during the, the live performances according to the to the response of uh, of the audience um, these new tracks are not final yet they still need to be worked but uh, playing them live will be a good uh, a good way of, of giving us idea how to finish them and there will be uh, something like from three to four, all tracks that will be played in new versions and uh, a minimum of three new songs 
during every show. They might change from one show to the next. We, we are flexible about that. We're gonna see according to the, the reaction of the audience. I just wanna make sure that, that I, I'm understanding this correctly. Are you saying you have brand new Front 242 songs that have never been heard live before, never been recorded anywhere before, not even on, on someone's cassette from, you know, some show you played at once in some random place. This is brand new, absolutely new Front 242 music. That is, that is incredibly exciting. I'm very glad to hear that. That is exactly what I'm saying, yes. Wow, that uh, I'm sure once once everyone hear this, if they weren't aware of that before, I'm sure they'll be even more excited come September. I hope they will be as as good as good as as the former stuff. Of course, that's always that's always the danger. When I talked to Richard a couple of years ago, and I said it seems like you guys are are content with where you are. This is our catalog of songs, and and this is what we're going to play until we're inspired, and we haven't been inspired. So it sounds like maybe things have changed since I last spoke to him a couple of years ago. Well, there are new ideas. There are new ways that we want to try to explore. And we got, we're going to see. It's, it's just three temptative songs. There are many more to follow. We don't really need to make new songs because we, we know that if these new songs, for example, replace old songs, <laughs> I'm pretty sure that it's the old replaced songs that the people will want to hear or something like that. You know, it's a, it's a bit tricky when you have a, a catalog of, of songs like that, that you have been playing for, for, for quite a long time uh, on stage. People want to hear these, these songs. So we were, we were sort of forced to make some choices to discard some songs that maybe we are a bit tired of playing uh, and to introduce the new ones, these new ones. And I hope our choice is going to please the audience, sort of. Until you do one of those shows where you play every album beginning to end over several nights, I'm sure it's, there'll, always, there'll always be someone who will be upset that they didn't hear that one song. It, there's, no, there's no pleasing everyone. It's impossible, yeah, because we, we also, we, we could maybe... Uh, do it if we had shows lasting for two and a half, three or, or, or four hours, like some bands do, but uh, that, that's not our style. I mean, uh, we try to keep this format of one hour, 10, one hour, 15 minutes, one hour, 20 minutes max. Recently, you did some vocals for Frontline Assembly for their song Barbarians. You know, you, you've done a lot of um, side projects and, and working with other bands. So, you know, you mentioned this a little bit before, but do you have any other recent work that you've been doing that, that you want to talk about? Within the last 12 months, I did two songs with uh, two American artists. The first is uh, Jay Gillian with his band uh, JG and the Robots. It's a song called Robots in Berlin, and we did a a version in English and also a version in German of the same song called Roboter in Berlin. And then I made, a, I have, a, well, it's not just me, but um, the people of the band, we have one friend in Texas who owns a club in Houston called Numbers. His name is Robert Ellinger because his club, of course, had to 
shut down uh, because of the lockdown, he made a first album, a sort of uh, benefit album for his club that was quite successful. I didn't work on the first one, but I told him if you make a second one, I want to be on. And uh, so I made a cover with a band called Machine X. Uh, the guy behind the project is Robin Barber. And we did a cover of a song of the 80s. It's rather a pop song, so that was not our usual ground, I would say. And uh, a song by uh, Stefan Tintin Duffy, who he was the first singer of Duran Duran. Then he went solo and he made one of my favorite, one of my favorite songs ever. It's called Kiss Me. And we made a cover of that song. And it's on the on the the album uh, numbers called numbers uh, number two. It's being printed right now. It should be uh, on sale very soon. It's already on uh, YouTube, and it was it was well not much work from from me because I only had to sing lyrics that were already existing. But it was fun. I it, it was really uh, a good thing for me sort of not to rust too much during this lockdown.
according to, to the Discogs website, it, it lists that you have eight official projects that they're aware of. Um, I, I'm sure many of those, you know, were, were just, you know, sort of one-off things here or there, but are, are, are any of those, do any of those really, you know, stand out to you in, in a way that you're really proud of and, and want to continue working on? I'm proud of, of everything. Um, of course, I had more fun in some than others. Um, but generally, I'm really happy of everything that I did because um, if I if I did that, it's because there was a good relationship between the people um, who were involved. Contrary to Front 2 for 2, where the relationships between the members were always a bit tense and not always obvious and easy, with all the other bands, everything went really smooth, uh, really smoothly, and... Um, and I, I had fun generally in everything. Of course, when I listen today to some things that I did, I think, ah, this is not really at the right level regarding uh, the production or maybe regarding the, 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 the singing or the lyrics or whatever. But generally on the spot, I was really happy. And, uh, and even if the result sometime, sometimes can be, I would not say disappointing, but maybe not exactly what I had envisioned for the song. I can agree with the choices that were made and say, okay, I am I am proud to that I was part of this. Since you you mentioned that Front Two Four Two is is more of a collaborative effort, is is there anything that maybe people don't realize was was a challenge to to finish or complete or or get to the spot where you, you were all happy with it? I think the the, the most difficult thing in Two Four Two was to keep the band in balance between the four egos of the four members, uh, each going in a complete uh, different direction, I would say. That should have meant, I would say, in a normal band, that that would have caused the end of the of the of the band. We we were close to uh, terminate the group more than once, quite very often, but we always managed to sort of extract the <laughs> i would say extract the better juice out of these tensions and use these tensions to uh, to do something creative i think even if sometimes it was not easy i think we 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 took the right decision in fact we stopped we stopped for 4 years at the, the end of 1993 and then when we reunited in 1997 we thought Oh, it's only going to be for 10 shows, maybe 20, and then there were 30, 40. And then we said, don't we feel okay doing that? And everybody agreed, we, we should go on. Of course, we took some sabbatical years uh, here and there, just to say, okay, now we're gonna, we're gonna retire for, for 12, 16 months and be on our own and, and regroup our forces on ours, each on, on, on each side. But then we we went back together, and it was always as fun as, as earlier. So, and and in in time we're we're, we're all um, older than sixty now. So, but it's still as fun as it, it used to be. And I I think also um, we have refused lots of offers, and every year we refuse more offers than than we accept. Um, and so there is a we we, we have that, that sense of uh, rarity. I would say we don't want to play too often. If we if we would um, 
agree to play everywhere we are required. That would be something like 100 shows a year. But then after three years, the people will be tired of you and, and uh, won't want to listen to, to, to see you again. So the fact that we played, we have played during the last year something in between 20 and maybe 30, maximum 35 shows a year, even with years with no show, I think that was that was that was a good decision. That was our pace, and uh, it contributes to make us a little rare and uh, and not to be overexposed and being being present all the time. How do you decide which shows you want to play when when it comes time to saying yes or no? There are many factors. There are many factors. The technical factors are important. Uh, of course, there are places that we like more than others. There are organizers that we have known for a long time um, and uh, who have a sort of a priority. There are also new markets and, and, and new people who want to work with us. And that is not uninteresting. But for these kind of offers, we have to be really careful and, and check what is offered, what is uh, feasible, and that's it. But we make a close examination, case by case, uh, all the time, to be sure that uh, that we are not going to be to be trapped. For example, I don't know how it was in the states, but here in Europe we had two lockdown, two lockdowns, in fact. So there was an opening during last summer, and we were proposed to play in a circus. That meant the people would sit around us. The PA system was very weak. I know some, some musicians who accepted to play in these conditions and they all regretted it because uh, there was one seating punter every 10 seats, something like that. The sound was bad, uh, playing in the middle of a, of a sort of circus, I don't even know the, the, the technical word, but on, on, on these little pieces of wood, they, they said it was a total mistake and it didn't help the people to have a good idea of our show and that's exactly what we anticipated. So we, we refused, we refused immediately when we realized what the conditions uh, would have been. How's playing Russia? Uh, it's very strange. It's not my, my, my favorite country uh, in the world, but what is interesting is that the opening of the scene there is quite young compared to, uh, to Europe. When we go there, it's always, they have the, the, the newest material and very young people working there, but really knowing uh, their job and their stuff. So we expected sort of to get in the middle of very, very old material in very old fashioned uh, venues. The venues are sometimes old fashioned, but the, 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 the equipment and the professionalism of the people there is quite outstanding, I must say. I was really, I was really surprised by that. And I, and I must say that every time we went to Russia, we were treated like princes there by the organizers who took us to the best restaurants, uh, to the best bars, and um, we have nice memories there. Of course, when you are in Russia, you stick to the people who are supposed to be with you, with a tour manager, with one or two bodyguards to make sure that everything happens correctly and you don't 
go away alone. Huh? It might it might be dangerous. I know we're up on 30 minutes. That that was really all I had for you. Was there anything else that I missed that you wanted to mention? Well, I suppose it's obvious, but we are very excited to come back to the States. Uh, we have many friends there, and I hope that the shows are going to be good enough for the audience. And I'm pretty sure that whatever happens, we as a band uh, and uh, as individuals in a band, we are going to have a great time in the US, that's for sure. You feel so. You feel so. Ready to dance. Master.
How about we come back in next time? On this episode, you heard Body to Body, live from Cold Waves 3, Don't Crash, live from 1991, and Master Hit, live from Cold Waves 3. Front 242 can be found at front242.com. Our opening music is Euthanasia by Accumination. Our closing music is Messiah by Splinter Group. Subscribe to the show through Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite podcast app. Join us next week as we chat with Clipping. Our closing segment each week is dedicated to the inspiration for Cold Waves, Jamie Duffy. Here is Jean-Luc again, sharing one of his memories. I don't remember exactly the first time I met uh, Jason and Jamie, because uh, uh, at some point we toured together with c with, with in 98, I think, 90, yeah, it was 98. I remember them being quite... Uh, <laughs> quite nice and uh, and working really hard and really well for our sound, for our lights. And in the middle of the CTEC crew, um, I would say they really needed a lot of a lot of petrol. Well, I mean alcohol in order to go on sort of. So Jamie, Jason and I were the moderate part of the of this crew and uh, the other members of CTEC were the uh, the most excited part, I would say. And the fact that I was the oldest, they were quite quiet. I must I, I must say also. But I I heard the story of Cubanate after that. I'm not really surprised about the way it uh, turned out. <laughs>